The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Thursday, January 30th. We are working our way to National Signing Day. We got the Super Bowl coming up. Make sure that uh, you're checking out the Pick 6 Podcast Fantasy Football today. They are on site in Miami getting tons of great guests, good content. Uh, Our friends there are grinding just as hard as as we were at the beginning of this month for the National Championship game. So, Barton Simmons, uh, we've got – this has been a week as that we referenced at the beginning – where you really need to prepare for battle in your mentions as the final, the final, final player rankings of the 2020 recruiting class were released this week. I know a lot of work, a lot of meetings, a lot of fighting, a lot of conference calls go into those final adjustments. Uh, Brian Breesey, number one defensive lineman in the class, already signed and committed uh, to the Clemson Tigers. He finishes the cycle as the number one player in the class. Ha- have you have you recovered? Were you surprised at all by any of the reactions, blowback or otherwise, from the final update to the player rankings? I was not surprised. I was not I was not rattled. The you know, it was actually truthfully uh, a fairly tame response. Um, I think because there's a lot of guys that moved up. You know, a lot of teams had some some good news, but most of those teams had some bad news too, and uh, it was sort of hard for people to really figure out how they felt about them. But ultimately, uh, feel very confident in the in the product and what we put out there. And uh, I think the uh, for the most part, people that really paid attention and, and listened to all our breakdowns and deliberations, and uh, they understood that. So I think it was a pretty pretty successful release, all things considered. Does any part of the 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 feeling of success, like how much did because the, these players are getting sorted even after uh, many of them have signed and some of them have even enrolled in uh, in the schools where they're going to be at least starting their college careers. It like is it's do you have to make additional adjustments to players once they have arrived on campus? 
or is it more other players that you're making adjustments to end up just sort of uh, messing up, not messing up, but at least changing the order? For example, when you've got a player who's already signed and is on campus, I mean, is there any more information that could make you want to move that player up or down in the rankings? Yeah, I think that's a we get a we can cheat. I mean, like we're 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 not shackled by the same restrictions as a college program who has to recruit these guys and save a scholarship spot for them. We can correct our work uh, all the way up to signing day. And so, hey, if if we're getting some info that some guys coming in and can't bench press 135 pounds, then uh, maybe that's uh, worth considering if we're like thinking about bumping them up, or if we're getting some info that like last year Derek Stingley has three interceptions in bowl practice. Uh, I mean, I think we're allowed to to to, to factor that in to our, uh, our our deliberations, and so I think it's actually pretty helpful. So the other thing that's helpful is, um, w- you know, we can actually listen to the early signing period press conferences and hear what coaches think of these guys, mm. what you know, info or color they may add to a prospect that we may not have had access to, or maybe just didn't didn't know. Uh, whether that be something about their background, something about where they were on this team's boards, you know, it, it, there could be uh, instances where we sort of dig in on a player that we might have um, just just sort of passingly looked at before, based on those press conferences. Because ultimately, all this thing is is just a it's just an info grab. Like we're just trying to get as much info on these guys as possible, and so the more info, the more uh, informed our decisions are. All right. Well, as we uh, as we turn our attention towards the the national signing day and the completion of the recruiting cycle, a couple of headlines and and I I hope that you're I, I think that the listeners will like this, but I, I hope Barton, if you don't mind, I'm I'm gonna try to uh, engage you in a way that's not gonna put you in in radio hit mode because I know that you've got that <laughs> locked and loaded. And so let's I'm, I'm trying to dig at least a little bit deeper, but there's going to be some things where you're just going to be a little bit more informed than I am. And so it will come out in a little bit more of a, a, a question interrogation uh, type uh, environment. But I think that for, the, for this National Signing Day, when we're looking at storylines and when we're looking at individuals that could change the way a class looks and certainly could provide uh, an like, incredible addition to the program in a way that a lot of fans are going to be excited about, it's going to be trying to follow the, uh, the commitment of Zachary Evans, who is, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, a five-star prospect. He's got... I mean, what? Where are we looking at? We got a, a Georgia in the mix. We got a Texas A&M in the mix. We got Tennessee in the mix. Um, I guess number one, he's also because this is a, another part of my question. Twenty four seven Sports, y'all have him as a four star prospect, but 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 that's him being the number thirty three player in the country. If he was thirty two, would he have that fifth star? He would. Okay, yep. so. Uh, your your scout's eye on Zachary Evans and sort of where he falls in on the board and in the storylines for some of these top teams. Well, Zachary Evans has been the number one running back in the country through most of the process. He's 5'11", 205 pounds or something like that, runs a sick 40 time. He's got a sub four second shuttle. Like he's just a, he's a monster. He's, he averaged 12 and a half yards a carry as a senior. Um, but he's, his recruitment has been just totally bananas. 
and and he hadn't even been a bunch of commitments and decommitments. It's just this like almost stream of consciousness style uh, approach to the process. And you know, for example, he released a top five back in the summer that had no in-state schools, even though he had been considered sort of a, a favorite to land at Texas or Texas A&M through most of the process. So okay, well, what? Well, and and then he you know, sets a, a, several announcement dates only to back off of them. And then he has a silent commitment to one school only to, you know, silently commit to another. And and so there's all these sort of like just smoke and mirrors with his recruitment. And then he commits to, he, he, he asked like kind of out of the blue, Georgia wasn't even really in the mix. He asked for an LOI from Georgia. They send it to him and he signs with, with Georgia in December and didn't announce it, was going to announce it at the Under Armour game got cold feet, wanted to get out of the LOI. Georgia let him out of the LOI. And now there has been some buzz he could circle back to Georgia. What? Depends on who you talk to. And like that could actually be that, you know, that may or may not happen. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he lands on campus this weekend um, because that could, could be an indicator there. Um, you know, LSU was considered a favorite. They've sort of moved on. Texas A&M, which would really be a, like it'd make a lot of sense considering they need running backs. It's it's he's from Houston down the road yeah. from Houston. Uh, but for whatever reason, he he just doesn't seem to want to end up at Texas A&M. Uh, Florida State's trying to get him on campus. Tennessee got him on campus. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin got him on campus. Um, and then even like there was some rumors that. That he, you know, I had heard that maybe he might even try to get out to USC this weekend, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, where we're at is who the who, who the hell knows. Um, and the crazy thing about it is he's already signed an LOI, so he's been released from that LOI. You can only sign one LOI, and so even if he makes a decision on signing day, which I expect he will there's nothing binding him to that decision. So it's basically just going to, it might just end up being wherever he shows up on campus in June is, is where he goes to school. He's not even in high school right now. He graduated because he, he wanted to potentially early enroll. So I guess if he enroll, you know, if he, if he picks a school that has a quarter system or something that he could land somewhere in the spring. But other than that, we may have to just sort of see where the wind takes him before June. So he is a true free agent. More so than m- most college football players. He, he is. He is a true free agent. But I think he's done, there's, there's been enough sort of just like, – like he's not a take everywhere at this point. So that's the thing because some, some schools are just not ready to deal with the, 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 the kind of the uncertainty and the headache of it all. Um, and, most, and a lot of schools are full at this point. So it's just a very unique situation and uh, he is – He's been a he's been a fun one to to track. Like like really fun to track. Uh, must be the biggest headache to recruit. Uh, and and by the way, as we're just sitting here on this podcast, like I just because I was I was sort of <laughs> reaching out to people around the situation to just make sure I'm updated on the latest. And now it looks like maybe A and M actually could sort of be back in better oh position gosh. than we, we once thought. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, you know, just just stay tuned for that one. I mean, is it wrong of me to almost root just in terms of entertainment for 
there to be like a walk out of the announcement press conference next Wednesday? Uh, there could be a, I mean, <laughs> like he hasn't won, like he's made some decisions. Like he's told coaches he's committing to them, but when it comes to actually like locking himself in and publicly committing somewhere, he's yet to do that. And so I, you know, Hey, I, I, anything could happen in a press conference. All right. So among like, is Georgia going to save us? Like, are all, the, all these like big players going to save a space for him? At least your Georgia, your Tennessee, you mentioned <laughs> Ole Miss, uh, Texas A&M. Like are those I, like, I don't I mean not Georgia may not necessarily like Georgia's uh, took a kid, another kid on campus last weekend, Dijon Edwards, who's an in-state kid. That's, you know, a pretty good player in his own right. And Georgia may just say, you know, that's we're going with that guy. And, um, you know, so I think the I would assume the old misses, maybe the Tennessee, like A&M, I would assume that those three are, are have a spot for him. Florida State probably has a spot for him if he wants it. Uh, but, you know, like the nice thing about I don't know the nice thing, but the new element of the the transfer portal is you kind of got to save some room out on the back end of your class for some transfer shopping anyways. Sure. So, you know, teams could kind of just eat up one of those transfer spots uh, that they may have saved if they get a shot at, at Zach Evans. But again, Hey, look, not every team's going to, going to hold a spot for Zach Evans. That's just in, in most years, a guy that highly rated, they would, but the kind of the circus around his recruitment has, has scared a few off. Now as the many of the top, you know, 20, 30 prospects uh, within the class are going to, they've, they've already committed. They've already signed. In some cases, they're already on campus. And so there, there get to be some players that are like just in the tier, the next tier that end up getting a lot of attention because they are some of the most highly rated prospects that are left uncommitted. And are, they have some of the biggest programs in the country, programs that are competing for top five, top 10 classes, sort of all going head to head over them. And, and the one that stood out to me during my crash course for next week's coverage uh, was McKinley Jackson, a four star on the composite and in the 24 seven sports rankings, uh, top 10 defensive tackle in the country, sort of top 60, top 65 prospect. And he's got all of the usual suspects in the mix. We've got Alabama, we've got Auburn, we've got LSU, we've got Texas A&M. As you've been sort of following the the recruitment of this Mississippi native, uh, where where do you think it will turn and what does it mean for whoever gets him? Yeah, I mean, he's taken an official visit this weekend to Texas A&M. He's visited LSU. Uh, he visited Alabama back in the fall. Uh, he's he visited Auburn back in December. Those are the four schools that are sort of technically in it. Uh, but he's the I'd say he's like the top sort of more traditional recruit here to keep an eye on in this this signing class in this 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 uh, February signing day um, as probably the the most highly touted kid who has a recruitment that could kind of go in a lot of different ways. Alabama is considered the favorite. He's a Mississippi kid. They just got the old Miss D line coach, Freddie Roach, former Alabama player. That helps a little bit. But Alabama's been in good shape for a while there. Um, but again, he took a visit to LSU. Ed Ogeron has, has stole one from Alabama already this year, and Eric Gilbert. Um, and Texas A&M has got a chance to impress him this weekend. So uh, this this is going to be – that's sort of the one to, to eye. Um, and I, and if, if LSU lands – McKinley Jackson, 
And if they're somehow able to land Jordan Birch, who is another kid who is a five-star from Columbia, South Carolina, committed to South Carolina in the early signing period, but didn't sign and took an official visit to LSU last weekend, this this 6'5", 290-pound defensive lineman, if LSU were able to land those two guys, they would have a shot at, at taking over as the number one class, depending on what else happens with uh, Alabama and Georgia. But um, so that's something to watch. You know, can LSU get that number one class with a furious Ed Orgeron finish? Does so? Does Clemson not have it locked up? And are they basic? Are are they in the mix? Clemson's for- Clemson's like out for number one now. Wow, because they're done. They're done. And right. They're, they, they're they're now sitting at number three. It's they're they're literally decimal points away from number one, but they don't they don't have any. They're, they're, there's no room in their class. They're not taking anybody else, and there's still Georgia and Alabama above them are still still going to add one or two guys. Georgia and Alabama in the mix. LSU only if it can get Jordan Birch and uh, McKinley, McKinley Jackson. Jackson. Yep. Yep. So LS. So if if they do land them both, do we ascribe the like Coach O has been able to to take that national championship win and sort of uh, you know create a wake of success that's going to allow him to clean up? Or do you think that the way that LSU has traditionally recruited, the way that Coach O has traditionally recruited, like it's almost it, it's almost not the program to say you're going to get a title bump? Like I don't think Alabama necessarily especially in with its more recent national championships i don't know if i would say that they got a title bump because they were signing the number one class whether they won the national championship or not i guess does have you sensed that lsu beyond like has it anything significant coming from the championship run no i I mean yeah like it's but but yeah i think what you're saying i agree with they they were already recruiting on that level so i guess a title bump would be I mean, if they got to the number one class, that would be pretty impressive. If they landed Jordan Birch and McKinley Jackson, that, that could be the title bump. Um, but they, they're recruiting at such a high level. And what's interesting about this LSU recruiting effort um, is the way it's, it's gone national and so much so that the LSU has three of the top ten guys in the state of Louisiana committed. Um for the top 20, five of the top 20. Like that's just, that's not, those are pretty, pretty low numbers for what we're used to seeing out of LSU. Um, Georgia has like three of the top 25 committed out of the state of Georgia. Huh? So these teams are as successful as they've been on the field, as successful as they've been in recruiting. They're taking an approach where now, Hey, if we feel like we've have to, to, to get into that national title contention with the talent and with our recruiting, we can't do it just with the guys around us. We got to do it nationally. And uh, I think with that approach, you know, by going and winning a national title, that that's only going to help in the 2021 class. Not that, not that LSU has a brand that doesn't resonate anyways, but uh, you know, you could see, continue to see that bump. I mean, the bump is happening at Clemson right now. Like it, that, that that seems to be growing almost exponentially by the year, as, as in terms of the, the growth of that footprint. Uh, I mean, they just landed the number one player in the country, uh, I think last weekend, um, and he's out of California. Uh, they got two guys out of Southern California in this class. They got a kid out of Pennsylvania, 
in this class. Like they're suddenly Clemson is becoming this powerhouse on the West Coast. Yeah, no, uh, number one player from the state of California in back-to-back cycles. Yeah, for Clemson, little old Clemson, little old Clemson. Okay, well, you. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I I rem, I'm reminded that you pointed to a similar. You said Texas and Texas A and M don't have a ton of. Uh, players from texas at least in the class that was signed in december when we were going back to look at it so is this it is this something that we're looking at now for the the programs that truly are trying to build a roster that is going to win a national championship it is a mentality from a recruiting perspective that just looking around your backyard ain't going to cut it Definitely. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, Ohio state's the same way. Ohio state has been crushing it in Texas, crushing it in California, uh, crushing it in Florida too. Uh, and so, and Alabama has obviously been very national with the guys they've recruited and two out West and Najee Harris and getting down and they're always getting the Jerry Judy's and, and those guys out of Florida as well. They're getting one or two of those guys every year. So uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely the case there. And so, but everything there's, 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 um, you know, give and a take in all this and every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. So like that's the, the, the balance, there's going to be a balance at some point. Like that's, I mean, I, I really think that Georgia probably missed some really good players that's in, their, in their backyard yeah. that, that they probably could have, you know, taken and been really happy with and, and, and they might regret missing on, I think you could say the same thing about LSU sure. in Louisiana. Um, so, there's, so I think as those programs do that, and they're, you know, they may be up there being a thorn in the side of USC and out west, but maybe that allows for Texas A&M to come in and, and have more success in Louisiana, or it's it may allow for Georgia Tech suddenly to to maybe uh, cycle up a little bit by recruiting the you know the passovers from. Uh, from Georgia in the state of Georgia. And so I, I just think it's really interesting to watch how some of these um, vacating of areas sort of affects the greater recruiting landscape. Because it goes against um, so many of the more traditional models. And the traditional model was was probably put together when you didn't have every single game on national television and you didn't have air right. travel. And it, it wasn't... It, it has only gotten exponentially easier to be able to get a human being from their home in a different state to your uh, your program, your college campus. And so now there's now I mean, now that's where if you are any any one of those like next level programs, you're salivating at the idea of going into Georgia and finding these players that the Bulldogs have overlooked. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I and and. and you know, I, hey, look, Alabama. I think got a they they got a steal out of a kid named Will Anderson, who we moved up. He's out of the state of Georgia. I think ultimately Georgia took an an early commit out of Maryland and Mikhail Sherman, who's a good player, but I don't think he is Will Anderson. And you know, Alabama ended up taking one out of Georgia. That that probably if if Georgia was evaluating that class right now, they I, I would guess that they would probably circle back and would want the Will Anderson kid. Um, and so I think it's just a gamble you're sort of playing. It's, it's a, uh, it's a little bit of a balancing act of like, all right, how do we keep our in-state guys happy? How do we, how do we make sure that we're doing our due diligence there, but still making sure that if we're going to compete for national titles, we are very national. Um, 
And so, yeah, there's, I mean, that's why I think part of the reason Kentucky is having success right now is the way uh, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State are, are going national. So like, all right, we'll just dip on up into Ohio and yeah. take some of those guys y'all used to clean up with and hey, man, maybe we can get, get a couple bowl wins out of this. Um, speaking of Alabama, how how have the Tide been able to defend itself against the negative recruiting that is only going to increase from other rival programs that are going to point to Nick Saban's um, 68 years on planet Earth and be like, that guy is not going to be there for very long. Like, where's... Because if... I thought about this because some of our... Not most heated, but when... Uh, you, when, when we and Tom are on the mailbag and a lot of mailbag questions have been coming in talking about who's going to take over at Alabama for Saban and will it be Dabo and who's going to be the guy. I think that the, the question in, from the mailbag episode, it was a good, good episode. Yeah, humble brag. Uh, that we said which of uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Clemson is going to be the next one to have a seven-win season. And so it came up then again. So, how how is Alabama continuing to recruit within the machine with Nick Saban wearing his uh I think he was in Charlotte recently. He was looking at a kid from Myers Park, Drake May, I think. Yeah. Uh yeah. and I yeah, I was just I saw him there in his little, you know, his crimson blazer and he's wearing his full like Aflac insurance uh you know, get up commercial <laughs> gear. Everything's like color toned and matching. He's got his championship rings on. He's got a little, his little face. But that man is sixty eight years old. Like, where? At what point are we going to see that starting to become uh, a factor on the recruiting trail? I, I think we'll start to see it become a factor when he stops looking like he can't do a hundred push ups. <laughs> I mean, like he, like the guy looks. His, his skin tone's good. He's got like good thick head of hair. He's, you know, I mean, he just looks healthy. I mean, this isn't like Joe Pa, you know, like sure. co- coaching from from the press box with a, you know, uh, a replacement knee or something or whatever was was going on with him. Like it, this isn't Bobby Bowden kind of just starting to taking to the golf just, golf cart just yeah, around practice, yeah, just like story time guy <laughs> yeah. and, and nothing else. Like, I mean, Nick Saban is. I, I I just can't imagine that those guys are going to Alabama's camps and. And in their interaction with Nick Saban, they're coming away thinking that this guy's in his twilight years. Uh, so I think Nick Saban is one controlling that. It's just the the fact that he continues to be as engaged and healthy as he is. Um, so I, it's just you know it's not the type of thing that ever really. I'm sh- I'm sure it's used. I'm sure that there's all the all the negative recruiting, but there's I've yet to to hear of a recruit to this point who's been, who has said to anyone, I chose this school over Alabama because I'm just not sure how long Nick Saban's going to be there. Sure. I don't, I mean, and, and what's like, well, how long do you like, are we at the point now where we start to think that Nick Saban is, um, is not going to coach the full, uh, tenure of, anyone recruiting class like, do you have your doubts about that yes we're close so so like because i have a hard i have a hard time getting there right now that like he's only three years away you know and so 
I, 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 I'm prepared to at some point Nick Saban says something, does something, uh, appears in a certain way to where I'm like, uh, that seems a little un-Nick Saban-like. And all right, maybe we'll start the clock now. But are you already at the point where like you think that we can start the clock? No, I'm not. But I just I think that there is a big difference between 70 and 75. And I that's kind of where I've got the I'm not starting the clock, but if you're asking about staying around through the full cycle of a recruiting class, I think that I think that by the time he hits 70, that's got to be a fair question. It, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fair question. I just wonder when we're going to see. I mean, it was clear that Joe Paterno was was not operating at the full capacity. And I'm not saying like mint. Like I got just just like the whole the whole production was just wasn't it didn't it wasn't confidence inspiring in in your head coach as a as a guy that can handle the whole the totality of the program um you know i don't know i i would probably say the same thing about bill snyder oh, at bill, the end of it too <laughs> bill, just in terms of like the, the, the game passing him by like culturally yeah yeah it had nothing to do with uh, whether or not he was operating at full capacity bill snyder at the age of 77 78 was operating at full capacity as in he was taking bowl gifts away from players that wanted to transfer <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was operating at, he, he maybe needed to like operate at less yeah capacity. yeah do, do say less do less bill snyder <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but i like so nick i mean i i nick saban um you know i just he's, he's given me no like zero indicate so so at, at some point that's going to come i guess there's, there'll be a moment and uh and there'll be a quote there'll be something and I've, i haven't seen that yet yeah and to your point about joe pop i mean that was beyond the age of 80 he was he was 85 when he died in January of 2012. He was still coaching in 2010 and uh, the first nine games of 2011. What would Nick Saban do if he weren't coaching to just fight, like to make himself miserable? Because that's his whole existence. Is just that's why he's so good. Is he's just always unsatisfied, always miserable, and I, I I'm just fascinated by how he's going to fill his day with ways to stay unsatisfied if he were to be, you know, riding off into the sunset. It's it's got to be at the lake, right? Just like you know, you know, fixing the boat. Yeah, yeah, like, no, it's, it's ma- boat maintenance. <laughs> he's 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 got five guys out there uh, working on a new dock. Now the problem is you're not hammering hard enough. <laughs> Are we sure that that's structurally sound? Yeah, yeah. I got grandkids. I got grandkids coming out here. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be all taken out on whoever's helping him with projects at the lake house, whether it's on the boat or around the house. That's where his uh, relentlessness and refusal to take anything but the best ends up uh, being passed on. Yeah, Yeah. that's going to be interesting. I I, I look forward to monitoring that. (laughs) Coming up on the other side, more storylines to watch heading into National Signing Day and 
what teams might be making noise in 2020? Next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, a couple couple more recruiting questions that I have for you. Um, This one, a little bit bigger picture, but as the the carousel always continues to turn, this was something that I, I don't always have the best feel for, but I figured that you might. So the which... Either a head coaching hire or a, you know a domino effect from that or assistant coaching hires from this past recent December-January cycle, can you tell have had an impact on some of the moving pieces of uh, the recruiting scene for National Signing Day in the 2020 cycle? I guess you told me you were going to ask me this, didn't you? Yeah. And I don't have a good <laughs> I don't have a good answer. It's the and the problem is. I just I, I I should. There's just not a lot of like opportunity for action. Like there's just there's only so many guys that are high profile that are available that would move the needle in that regard. And there's just like it's not the same as it used to be. Um, so I you know I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean I think there's some. You know, Joe Moorhead's a hire, and someone was given a sell in Twitter or in our comments um, on the iTunes deal about not talking Joe Moorhead to, to Oregon enough. You know, that that's that's one that's a pretty big pull, but I don't like. There's just what is there to even do right now if you're if you're stepping in and you're Joe Moorhead, and the 2020 class is 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 largely done, and so. Um, I don't think that there's I don't think there's a good answer for that. If there is, I I hadn't thought of it. I tried to tie uh what did I try to tie? I tried to I I, th- I think that maybe I tried to tie CJ Verdell's decision to stay. Maybe not that it was influenced by it, but just the idea that he could have a Kylan Hill like showing for the Ducks next year. Have we talked about Kylan Hill's decision to stay? After announcing that he was gone before the bowl game? 
Oh, did he announce he was gone? I didn't realize that. I thought so he, that, so he announced he was gone, and then Mike Leach was hired, and then he decided to come back? No. He decided that he was likely going to be gone, had sort of mentioned as much to reporters. He was going to you know, take some time, come up with his decision after the game. Then after the bowl game, uh, like a couple days passed, and he announced he was back before Mike Leach was hired. He announced he's back before, but I thought he announced after. Oh, really? Okay. I, I, it was, it was at, at the very least somewhere in that range, but because that was what was so surprising is like this sort of a running back for a, Mike Leach. Not only that, but like not, I mean, uh, very much like a kind of an every down tough guy sort of back, um, coming back to play for Mike Leach. Uh, that's going to be, I'll be fascinated how they use him. They got a really good back coming in this class too. Um, that's that's in a similar mold. Um, you know, I'm, I, that's so so like they've got Mike Leach has got some great running backs at his disposal. Uh, so let's uh, let's see what he does with them. What? That, do you think that Kylan Hill's like ooh carries per game going down, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe showcase what he can do in the pass game. I guess. Uh, sp- I mean, like they they. Um, Max Borgie was the guy at Washington State this year. What, 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 I'm just curious what his numbers were. Because uh, he went on Twitter and after uh, after Leach left, he said Carrie's going up with a um, strengthening arm, st- strong arm emoji. Oh, he said, did he really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So he had, last year he had 817 yards rushing. 6.4 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, and he had 597 yards receiving. So, you know, he was a productive back, but um, I just want, I'll, I'll be interested how the, how those numbers compare to whatever Colin Hill puts up. Uh, spinning it forward, you mentioned Clemson getting in on the 2021 class, locking up one of the top players from the state of California, defensive lineman for next year's class. It feels like we are already starting to see that. I mean, we've already uh, we've already talked about Georgia Vandergriff. Did I get that right? I pulled. The, I don't have Brock, it. Written. Yeah, yeah, Brock Vandergriff. All right, Brock Vandergriff, 2021 uh, quarterback committed to Georgia. Um, we've so we've already started to sort of poke our head out, uh, much like much like a Groundhog Day, Poxitani Phil, to start looking at some of those 2021 headlines. Who are some of the other schools or players that have already started to make waves as schools turn their attention beyond this National Signing Day to the next cycle? I mean, what Clemson is doing early on is silly. They, they, they have the number one player in the country from California. They've got one of the top receivers in the country from California. They've got a guy that I think will probably has a chance to be a five star down the road, a defensive lineman named Kay Denoff. They've got a kid named Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He is Jeremiah Trotter's son. He is maybe the best linebacker in the country, committed out of Pennsylvania. Like Clemson is back at it. Like don't you know? Same old deal there. Uh, Ohio State's recruiting at a really high level. They've got their quarterback. They've got they've got a five star defensive end. Um, you know they're 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 doing their thing, and then you know Notre Dame's got a pretty good start, and the whole Brian Kelly thing, like Brian Kelly saying publicly in a presser that he thinks that they can and should start recruiting at a top five level instead of a top fifteen level is, you know, he's sort of calling a shot there. 
and he's he's off to a pretty nice start in this class in in getting some of those type of guys in. They got a quarterback. They got a couple of really talented skill guys, uh, including one out of out of Athens, Georgia. So, um, you know, there, those are a few that are off to a pretty strong start. Um, but it's uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out a lot more here over the next couple months, and then even the next couple weeks. Like I'm gonna have a better feel for just sort of who I think is actually good in that 2021 class from a player perspective. Does that come with the like camps that they're going to in the spring camps, but also just like the, the film, like the film study we've been so dialed in on 2020 that, um, there's a little bit of, um, uh, like I wouldn't say unknown, but lack of conviction in, in the 2021 players. Um, so, you know, we're, (laughs) we're taking advantage of having all this time to get our 2020 rankings right for posterity's sake. But uh, now it's time to start turning the page, and we'll we'll get a better feel for that class. Then, man, that's uh, the the real downside of having just an incredible database. And one of the things that I don't need to tell you, but the listeners may or may not realize, is that like twenty four seven sports, like it's its entire database of information, the wealth of information, how well it is organized, has been a real key to uh, becoming the industry leader in the recruiting services, in my opinion. The other side of that is that Barton's got to make sure that the stuff is right, right up until the end, because people can go back and look at the old rankings. And because I'm going to go back and grade them all anyways, and I want to be able to say I won. (laughs) <laughs> and we're the, the champions. So, <laughs> so, so you're you're tr- you want to get the success for yourself. That's good for you to set that high bar for yourself to always be trying to to meet it. Because I feel like my first place that I went was uh, thinking that if I was working at a at, at at a cheaper site that just washed the old uh, washed the old rankings away, who cares? But you want to do it for for posterity's sake. Respect. That's right. That's right. Any anyone can say that they. Uh, you know, make excuses or, or claim that they got it right and, you know, just def- redefine how they got it right every year. But, you know, we got to go back and really grade it out and do the check the NFL draft and look at the numbers. And then that way we can actually claim objectively we were first or maybe second or third. All right. Now we're going to play a lo- quick little game before we get out of here. Maybe this it's a little bit like a, and we've uh, if you want to get in on the next mailbag episode went back and I started uh, peering through, started grabbing more questions so we could get ready for next Monday. Uh, you can still do that. You go to the Cover 3 podcast page, five-star review, um, and get your question in there in the review section. We will add it to the mailbag. And uh, not Brian Floyd, I got you. It did work as you uh, as you tried to make sure that your question was getting through the inner tubes. It did arrive in our mailbag, and uh, and we'll be addressing that on Monday. So, you know, this is uh, this is not going to be the win totals. You know, we'll be count them up in uh, in June or July. So we're yeah, I don't, don't want to don't infringe on our on our win totals trademarks. Our our award winning uh, win totals trademarks, but. There was at cbsports.com friend of the podcast, Dennis Dodd put together uh, six college football teams that can crack the top 25 and make some noise in 2020. 
And he's, you can go and you can see his explanation for his selections there. But it was an interesting bunch because none of the teams that he named, as you might expect from a below-the-radar type exercise, are ones that I would have put uh, you know, necessarily in the mix for you know, making noise or, or, you know, competing for division titles. And so I was like, all right, so what, how, what do I think about these teams? And so Barton, what I've got is I've got five power five teams and I've gone through the schedule and I've taken, by the way, Dijon Edwards has committed to Georgia as we've been on this call, the running back. So I would assume that means Zach Evans will not be back at Georgia. So proceed. Breaking news. Dijon Evans, Edwards, Edwards, Dijon mm-hmm. Edwards, Zach Evans. Zach Just want to make Evans, sure our podcast Dijon. is updated for whenever people listen to it and hear me talk about how that Zach Evans could end up at Georgia. You know, I got to put that. Sounds, sounds like it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. We're going to start with Cal. So Cal Bears, uh, next season, the way that I've got this broken down, I've got only two guaranteed wins. I'm thinking, man, Cal's, how's Cal going to make some noise? UNLV and Cal Poly. I'll give them those wins. The top, the toss-ups, I've got five toss-ups. So I've got two wins, five toss-ups, and five losses for Cal (coughs) next year. Justin Wilcox, looking for a breakthrough year. The losses, I've got Utah at USC, Oregon, Washington at Arizona State. Got any issues with those? You're just like, th- wait, you're just throwing a, a loss to Arizona State and and even USC, just throwing it right on their plate? Yes. Who'd you say? You said Utah, USC, Arizona State. Who's the other one? Oregon, Washington? Oregon and Washington. I, I, I mean, I, I would not, I'm not going to, I am, no, I disagree with that. Okay. They get one of those, they get one of those teams every year, it seems like. Okay. Don't they? My toss-ups. Are TCU? How about that? A Cheese It Bowl rematch on the oh, non-con no, no. schedule uh, at Washington State, at Oregon State. I am very bullish on Oregon State and our beloved Beavers. Stanford and UCLA. TCU at Washington State, at Oregon State, Stanford and UCLA are my toss-ups. Uh, I, I well, look. I, the bottom line is you are still pers- you are like still viewing Cal. Cal as a l- lower tier Pac-12 team. Yes. So you so basically you're just saying you don't think they make the they're, they're making the leap. Correct. I think that uh, I've, so, I've got guess the record at 5 and 7. I I would I, I would disagree with that. Okay. I think I have a little more faith in Justin Wilcox. We saw what the offense looked like with Chase Garbers, which was much improved. Like that's been part of the problem is just no quarterback. So I think that they have and look, hey, what is this? Dodd looks like he hasn't beaten Utah, and uh, I'm not going to put that past them that they can't beat Utah after all the you know, all the talent that Utah loses. So I'm going to say no. I'm I, I I like the other side of that. All right, uh, Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, <laughs> interestingly enough, also plays UNLV. I'll give Iowa State the UNLV win. I'll also give Iowa State South Dakota. I'll give Iowa State Texas Tech. I will give Iowa State at Kansas. And I'll give Iowa State West Virginia. So I've got five wins. I only have two losses. 
that I see for Iowa State. That would be Oklahoma at home. And, of course, they've shown they can win that game, but we're just trying to guess the record here. At Oklahoma State are my two losses. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, those are the two losses. My toss-up games for Iowa State at Iowa. I mean, who can ever know what's going to happen in that game? Yeah. Kansas State at home, at TCU, Baylor, and at Texas. So I've got five wins for Iowa State, South Dakota, UNLV, Texas Tech, at Kansas, West Virginia. I've got five toss-ups at Iowa, Kansas State, at TCU, Baylor, at Texas, and only two losses, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I mean, that sounds fair. Matt Campbell needs to have his breakthrough year. I And that's what I'm saying is I've got that at like seven and five. You could talk me into eight and four if we want to flip like the Cyhawk game, but that that doesn't sound – it like just – Sitting here, January thirtieth. You know, a lot of time to rethink this. But if we're, if you know, you're you're right about that storyline. Matt Campbell's supposedly, you know, one of the the coaches on the rise. But as I'm looking at Iowa State's 2020 schedule, I kind of feel like seven and five, eight and four is where they're going to land yet again. Yeah, th- this is. Um, I don't know. This is where we decide whether or not we dump the Kool Aid or whether we uh, fill it up again because. I mean, they were they were competitive all year long for the most part, but you know I, this this wasn't. Hey, I, I, I they made me wrong, man. My ten and two Iowa State Cyclones were not ten and two. That's so right. <laughs> I don't want to. So I, this is one of those deals. Like I don't know if I want to get sucked back into this again and like be wrong again and just be the Matt Campbell sucker for all time. Uh, <laughs> so maybe, so maybe I'll just like to hedge my bets. Uh, jump off the train i don't know i'll have to i'm gonna have to dig on that one we'll come over here because i've got some kool-aid for you it's in the little apple and it's purple as i'm looking at kansas state's 2020 schedule i'm giving kansas state wins buffalo north dakota vanderbilt at west virginia kansas and texas tech i got six wins for kansas state and i only got one loss one That's to Oklahoma. My toss-ups are Texas, at TCU, at Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and at Baylor. Five toss-ups. I'm even willing to give Kansas State two and three in the toss-ups, and that has the Wildcats at eight and four. So the only problem with the Kansas State is – I'm just looking at their depth chart right now. Red sh- offensive line. Redshirt senior. Redshirt senior. Redshirt senior. Redshirt senior. That's that 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 extends to the tight end. So one, two, three, four, five redshirt seniors plus a redshirt senior tight end. <laughs> like, I mean, I, that's a that's a for a team that was built on just of on just this physical run game, I don't know, man. That's a lot to that's a lot to overcome. Only one guaranteed loss. Kansas State <laughs> in twenty twenty. Chris Kleiman figures it out. I mean, they got the quarterback back. That's nice. Yeah, Skylar Thompson's back. I uh all right, Kentucky. Kentucky's got the most beautiful layout because I feel like I could 
look at most Kentucky football schedules, and as I play the win-loss toss-up game, it's always going to be 4-4-4, right? Like Kentucky, the wins, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, Eastern Illinois, Vanderbilt. And there's going to be a couple of those games that look super ugly. They're going to – Kent State or Eastern Illinois or something early in the season, the the score is going to be like 22 to 16 (laughs) – and uh, and we're gonna start thinking Kentucky's not very good this year. The four losses. And then, the, then the other four come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four losses are Florida at Auburn at Tennessee and Georgia, and then the four toss ups: South Carolina at Missouri, Mississippi State at Louisville. How would you split up the toss ups? Um. I think their offensive line is going to be really good again, isn't it? Yeah. I think they get some pretty good players back there. And so that element is to, is going to be consistent and has been consistent. Um, that Terry Wilson back at quarterback. Their defense last year was sort of their reload year at defense. And so I would imagine their defense is going to be improved from an already pretty solid unit. I don't know. Maybe maybe next year's the year to bet on Kentucky again. I think I I mean seventeen starters back. I think that they can go three and one in their toss ups. I've got them seven and five. Watch oh, them man, catch I'm, a five and a half win total. Maybe, but sometimes Vegas is smart about this stuff. I mean, Vegas gave us like what a six and a half win total for Stanford. Yeah, Vegas we thought may they make were it crazy. Tough on us and like yeah, go like seven and a half or something. And I don't know. This might be the. This might be the year in our CBS Sports Expert preseason picks where I don't have to just like slot Kentucky into the last one of the last two spots in the SEC East. Right. And I can and I can roll with them and just go put them up there at number three or something. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, we are the the we were the first podcast to tell you the Oklahoma State national championship hype was underway. So let us continue as I tell you that of all the schools that I've broken down here, Cal, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kentucky, not one of them has more guaranteed W's than Oklahoma State. I've got Oregon State, Tulsa, Western Illinois, Iowa State, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, all wins. Seven guaranteed W's for the Cowboys. I do have one guaranteed L, Uh, No matter how many times we try to make the Bedlam rivalry a thing, it's just a game that's won by Oklahoma. Oklahoma State fans will be the first ones to tell you it is just a game that is won by Oklahoma. My toss-ups are at TCU, at Baylor, at Kansas State, and Texas. And I think the most dangerous in that run is actually at Kansas State because you already heard my confidence for Kansas State, and that game is in that trap sort of like right before the end of the season, after Bedlam, before a regular season finale against Texas at home. But I still say they go 3-1 and one in the four toss-ups of at TCU, at Baylor, at Kansas State, and Texas. Oklahoma State going 10-2. and two. Hell yeah, they are. I mean, at least. At least. They may, they may, be, they may be going 12-0. and 0. If they're not 12-0, and 0, they'll be 10-2. Yeah, let's get the man, let's get this hype train rolling. Like let's get it all the way going. Oklahoma State is going to like worst case scenario this year is an 11 and 1 season. Mm. How's that how's that sound coming out of your mouth? 
<laughs> it sounds great hitting my earwaves. That's for sure. We're January 30th. I mean, I, 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 it's, I'm going to need to, to really like, I don't know. I need to, I may need to get talked down off of this ledge, but right now I'm, 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 I'm I love, I just love the concept of it. I love like, I love the feel of this Oklahoma state scream it from the mountaintops type of vibe. I'm, I'm kind of into it. The best, uh, in inter, we actually have a couple, uh, Kyle Boone who does a great job with college basketball, NBA draft also helps us out in college football and, uh, does a little bit of golf work as well. He's an Oklahoma state guy. Kyle Porter is the best golf writer in America. Uh, he's also an Oklahoma state guy. And I happen to oversee, I guess, telecommuting were weird world, but they were talking about our podcast because, uh, um, somebody was like, Hey, did, did you guys listen to the latest episode of the cover three podcast? And Kyle Boone said, yeah, I started it and it was nothing but Baylor talk for like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, we did hit the Matt rule. We hit the Matt rule, uh, dilemma pretty hard for there for a couple weeks well i mean and as as i think i admitted on the last podcast was it was baylor the most interesting or was it just the one that i had the most time to think about right you know yeah it's just the way it works yeah. sometimes all right well we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna load up on oklahoma state listeners here over the next six months oh and bring, georgia bring oklahoma state and georgia yep our elite yep. our allegiances for 2020 have been set those are <laughs> yes yeah that's that's get get out get to the fanatics website order up some packages some scare packages i need i need some gear for this year <laughs> that's right you thought that you had gotten some stalker <laughs> gift from someone no, it's just Tom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Now, make sure that you're subscribed to the Cover 3 podcast. We will be back with you next Monday for a mailbag and news edition of the show. We will have a recap of National Signing Day. Lots more fun coming up the rest of the month, including uh, grading the coaching press conferences. We're going to be taking a look at some of the the big names in the transfer portal and then before you know it it's going to be around march and we're going to already start turning the page towards spring practice all that plus book club and more i mean why you should be subscribed it's that simple barton thank you very much Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.